Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. Um, we've got lots to talk about. We're going to talk Texas Tech basketball. We're going to talk football, um, Big 12, Pac-12 stuff. Obviously, we're going to talk Super Bowl, and then we will have the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. So let's jump right into it. Texas Tech basketball. Um Big win tonight against Kansas State, and this is this was a great time to get this win. It's been a drama-filled week if you're a Texas Tech basketball fan, and most of it's been off-the-court stuff. Um, so let's rewind a little bit. So Tech lost to Baylor last Saturday. We talked about that on the previous podcast. Um, and then Monday, there starts to be kind of – leaking of stories about Adams, uh, Mark Adams, and people not being happy with him, and you got a lot of bozo radio hosts that have been calling for Mark Adams' head this week, and you know, here, I, I, I may be the only person left that has a podcast, and actually, I don't think, I, I actually, I'm not, because I'm, I'm going to credit the, the 23 personnel podcast, um, have they been frustrated with Mark Adams? Yeah. But they kind of saw it the way I saw uh, this story this week. But apparently Monday you had people that purportedly are claiming to be these big-name donors um, for Texas Tech. And I'm saying purportedly claiming because everything is being said behind a message board paywall. So I'm I'm giving you everything I know. I I ain't paying the money to look at these message boards nonsense. I'm just not going to do it. But anyway, you have a whole bunch of purportedly people uh, that are purportedly donors uh, for the Texas Tech that are on message boards basically saying that Mark Adams has basically told them he doesn't need them. They're done with the basketball program. The basketball program's in shambles. And radio hosts have run with that this week. And they have called for Mark Adams' head. There's no no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They've called for his head this week. They they have said things like Texas Tech made a mistake two years ago. The mistake is Mark Adams. Um, they need to fix the mistake now. Blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And these are the same people, by the way, that when Mark Adams was hired, they were all about it. So lesson lesson to learn for all of us, don't trust media type people because they're going to turn on you at the little bit of adversity. And I understand it's been a, it's been a rough season. If you're a Texas tech basketball fan, we've talked about it over and over again on this podcast. Um, you know, but again, here's my take on all of the week week's drama. We're talking off the court drama. We'll talk on the court in a minute, but the off the court drama. Number one, I don't have a lot of respect for anybody that's hiding behind a message board, throwing out things. If there's really legit stuff going on, have some courage and actually say it in a public forum setting, not behind some stupid paywall of a message board. 
because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna listen to it. I'm gonna take it with less than a grain of salt. Because you are showing that you're a coward. You don't have the courage to actually come out and say it. You got to hide behind a keyboard. Like Mark Levin says, you're probably in your parents' basement in your underwear talking about stuff. So come out and actually say it. Now, am I Pollyanna here saying everything's great with the basketball program? No. We've talked about it. This has been a disastrous basketball season but i'm not ready to say we got to cut bait and get rid of mark adams i i just don't think i'm not there yet and i sure and i certainly sure as heck ain't at a point where i'm saying oh it was a mistake in 2021 to hire mark adams by the way let me let me go ahead and i'll get on this soapbox too about all that whole coaching search because the coaching search in 21, you know, we had Beard leave and we've rehashed all that, you know, whatever. Um, it really came down to two people. It came down to Mark Adams. It came down to Darvin Ham. Now, I like Darvin Ham. Obviously, he's a, he's a tech legend. I mean, there is there has not been another Texas Tech basketball player. And I'd have to look up. There may not have been another Texas Tech person that's ever been on the front cover of Sports Illustrated. So I got a lot of respect for Darvin Ham. Now, having said that, I don't think he would have done uh, been a good hire for Texas Tech. You know, all of his experience has been in the pro uh, pro range in the NBA, and you know, two completely different demands for a job. You got to be able to recruit. You got to be able to you know do all the all the glad handing that college coaches have to do. And so, you know, there, there's now this, this new narrative that some, some of these radio people are propagating is, well, we should have hired Darvin Ham and kept Mark Adams as an assistant. Well, number one, I don't know if Mark Adams would have gone for that, you know, and I understand if he wouldn't have. But number two, I, I'm, and I, th- I felt this way in 2021 when all this was going down. I'm just not sure if Darvin Ham would have been a good hire either. It could have been another cliff hire. You bring in a former player that's well known, unite the fan base, all that. Um, and, and you know, I like again, I like Darvin Ham. I think he's he's in a near impossible situation having to deal with Chairman LeBron and the Lakers. Um, so I feel for him. But you know, that's another part of the narrative that. I, I'm just I'm not gonna buy into. So I don't know. Bottom line, what's gonna happen with Mark Adams? That, that there could be very well a change in the coaching position. That's not up to me. That's up to Kirby Hoka. That's why they pay him the big bucks. But I, I'm here on February 11th, and I don't I don't foresee myself at any point in this season changing. I'm not ready to throw Mark Adams overboard and throw all, you know, put all of this on him. And I'm not, and again, I've talked about, I've alluded to it a little bit on, on the podcast. I'm not even going to get into the smearing of his private life that Twitter trolls and message board trolls keep getting into. It, it's, it's shocking to me 
and and it's not all tech fans. There's a lot of tech fans that still support Mark Adams, but it's shocking to me that there are tech fans that so quickly turned on Mark Adams. And it's shocking to me that radio people, media people, you know, maybe Bob Knight was right about them, that you media people, you're just a step above prostitution. Maybe he was right. Are so quickly to get the knives and the pitchforks out for Mark Adams. And I'm not prepared to do that. And I don't I don't see myself doing that this season. Okay. Now should coaches get fired sometimes? Absolutely. I think it was the right decision back in 20, 2021 to fire Matt Wells. Absolutely. And that worked out well. It was the right decision back in 2012 to fire Dan Spencer and bring in uh, Tim Tadlock. You got to do what you got to do sometimes. It was the right decision to get rid of that Marlene Stallings woman and bring in Krista Gerlich. But just because a team has a bad season, we've got to get away from them. And we never will because it's just the nature of, of most sports fans. But just because a team has a bad season, we've got to get away from this mentality of, well, we got to fire the coach. Because the same Mark Adams that's struggling this year and they've gotten won two Big 12 games all year long is the same Mark Adams that led this team to the Sweet 16. And also, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to address something else that's been bantied about from radio prostitute bozo hosts. They keep alluding to, well, we should have known something when we had players depart last year. So let's talk about players that departed last year. Um, so you had you had you had a bunch, which that's nature of the game, but you had for three big ones that left that had significant playing time. Uh, you had Clarence Ndolny, who's now playing professionally in France. He's going to make more money playing professionally in France near his family than he would have made here at Texas Tech. That doesn't scream, that's a Mark Adams issue to me. Uh, TJ Shannon. TJ Shannon wouldn't have played last year for Texas Tech if not for Mark Adams being here. You were only going to have one more year with Shannon because it was either going to be NBA or, unfortunately, you know, he had bad luck last season, injuries, everything else. He was going to go somewhere else. I don't lay that at the feet of Mark Adams. Kevin McCuller, same deal. Um, you weren't going to have him last season if not for Mark Adams being the coach. And Kevin McCuller decided, based on where he wants his career trajectory to go, that he needed to go somewhere else. I don't believe that's a. I don't believe that's a Mark Adams issue. I believe McCuller. I think McCuller wouldn't have come back last year if not for Mark Adams. I, but I I don't think you were going to get another year with him either. So those departures, I don't lay at the feet of Mark Adams. I lay at the feet. It's the nature of college basketball in 2023 where the transfer portal reigns supreme and NIL reigns supreme. And you were going to have a difficult time 
keeping Shannon, Shannon specifically, and McCuller as well. I think McCuller wants to strike out, wanted to strike out on his own and show who he was. So, again, it's revisionist history. We saw this type of stuff with Mike Leach when Mike Leach departed. And, you know, all these media types, now they can, now all they do is speak glowingly of Mike Leach because he passed away, but they, they were always willing to throw him under the bus. So that's why you don't trust people like that. Bob Knight, I, like I said, I think Bob Knight might have been right about those media people. So, you know, that's... Soapbox dismount. So let's talk about the actual things that happened on the court this week. So Tech uh, plays Oklahoma State on Wednesday, and they were—I mean—they were in it most of the game. And you know, it's again, it was—it was one of the another frustrating loss this year, but also another frustrating loss in Stillwater, which always seems like that's what it comes down to when Texas Tech and Oklahoma State play there. Um, and then you come back tonight and you win. You beat Kansas State, who's number 12 in the nation. And you played a heck of a game. Um, I think the bottom line is this team – now, do I do I think they're going to the NCAA tournament? Probably not. I mean, <laughs> you know, that would be awesome. Um, but, you know, this team's not given up yet, unlike a lot of these so-called fans. And I ain't given up on them either. And I will continue to watch them. They play the Shorthorns on Monday. And you know what? I think they can beat them. So all you so-called people, the bandwagon is closed. You move on. But I'm going to continue to watch them. So there you go. Now let's talk some other stuff. Let's talk football. Let's talk college football. Couple big news items this week. Number one, it started with um, the announcement on Thursday night that the Big Twelve came to an agreement. Uh, well, it was really not the Big Twelve, but Fox um, specifically was the one that really needed to come to an agreement with uh, UT and OU to negotiate an early exit. So this is the last season with UT and OU in the Big Twelve. Couple things that. This affects tech. Number one, the last time you played Oklahoma football was last season, and we never have to hear that boomer sooner again. And they lost. They are leaving the Big 12 with a loss to tech. Now, we got to go down to the People's Republic of Austin this year and play UT. But the last time that those boneheads, those shorthorns, came to Lubbock, they left with their tail between their legs with a loss. So I think it works. it's worked out great for Tech. I, I mean, I would have been fine with them leaving this year. You know, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Go get, go get ready to go 6-6 six and 7-5 six and 5-7 seven and, five and, five and seven in the SEC and be, you know, a mediocre team like Texas A&M's been and Missouri's been. So, um, but ultimately, this is good news for the Big 12. You, you can finally kind of... Get on down the road. Let's transition out and really work on promoting this conference because there's still the perception. Um, and Bob Bowlesby did a pretty horrible job of this by not marketing it. There was still a perception of, you know, that the Big 12 
without UT and OU is nothing. It's a mid-tier. It's Conference USA at best. And I think in the six months that Brett Yormark has been the commissioner, he has worked a lot to change that perception. And don't forget that since UT and OU announced that they were leaving for the SEC, we've had two Big 12 championship games that neither of them were in, that you had teams from the hateful eight, (laughs) the ones that are left in. You've had TCU advance to the national championship game. You've had... Um, both Oklahoma State and Baylor two years ago go to New Year's Six, New Year's Six Bowls and win. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine as a conference. I think the, the, the tall order is changing what the perception of the Big 12 conference is. Um, and I think Brett Yarmark's working on that, and we're going to continue to work on that. Um, so, and then, I mean, I think basketball wise, you'll be fine. I mean, you're still going to be probably the best conference in basketball. You're adding four more teams. And I think ultimately th- those, those are four really solid additions. Now, are they going to struggle in that from the outset in football? Yeah, I think they will. But, you know, I think you've added some four quality teams and let's shift to what I, what I want to talk about next. You're in a heck of a lot better position than the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is on death's door, and probably the only thing saving the Pac-12 at this point is I don't think anybody else is is wanting them right now because um, we've got we've got uh, news this week basically that their television packages they're probably going to be fully streaming. Um, Amazon looks like they're going to be the ones that will get them, but. It's significantly lower than even what ESPN offered them, which they walked away from. So, I mean, how, my, how the tables have turned. You know, there was all this desperation. And, I mean, I even talked about it on my podcast back in 2021 about, well, we've got to go west. We've got to go to the Pac-12. That's the only way Texas Tech survives in, in the Power Five Conference and now, I mean, the Big 12 is in a great position. I'm going to tell you right now, I think the Big 12 is even in a better position than the ACC. And I know the ACC has that long contract with ESPN and all that. But, you know, it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when does the SEC make the decision to pluck Clemson and Florida State and probably Miami um, and probably one other team from the ACC to go to the SEC. You know, and a lot of that will just that a lot of that will hinge on the money factor. But you know, you're in a good position if you're the Big Twelve, and so now you've got some interesting decisions to make. Do you want to go ahead and raid the Pac-12? Because I mean, the Pac-12 is in trouble, and if they really truly think that bringing in SMU. And San Diego State is going to be the saving grace of that conference. <laughs> they got another thing coming. Now, again, what saves them is you do have playoff expansion. And so the way that the playoff expansion is set up right now, you will at least have a an automatic bid for the Pac-12. Now, we'll see how long that lasts because, again, you're, you're, you're expanding to 12, but probably – down the road sooner rather than later, 
you're you're going to be expanding to 16 teams um, with the playoff because I mean there's more money on the table. We'll see what happens after that point, but um, should the Big Twelve should the Big Twelve raid the Pac twelve right now? Here's my here's my attitude about it. It depends on is is there more money to be made bringing in Pac twelve schools? Are the networks Fox ESPN going to give you more money if you bring in some of these Pac twelve schools? Um that would be my question. And I think probably clearly the Arizona schools, to me, th- those two are no-brainers to come in. I think Arizona's been wanting to leave, and they've been kind of shackled by, you know, Arizona State not wanting to leave. But, I, you know, I think those two would be in a position to come to the Big 12. Um, now, last summer, obviously the, the, the talk was about taking – all the four corner schools, meaning you would take Utah, Colorado, the question's going to be, do you really need them? Is Colorado, I mean, I know Colorado football, the brand's going to be really good, well, really hot next year because you got Deion Sanders as the coach, but he's not going to be the coach there forever. You know, if he has success at Colorado, there's going to be another program come calling. And so are, are they, is it really worth bringing them in? Um, do you add really much more bringing in Utah? I mean, you already got BYU. Do you really need Utah? And then you've got the Oregon-Washington question. You know, here's my problem with Oregon and Washington. Number one, I don't know what the, I don't know if they bring a whole lot, but number two, I think both of those programs they want to be in the Big Ten and they truly believe. Utah kind of believes it, but I think they're delusional. But I think Oregon and Washington truly believe that it the Big Ten's going to want them. Oregon a little bit more so than Washington. Um, I like Oregon, the brand, just because you got the Nike. Uh, and, and I disagree with some other radio hosts that think well, that's, that's really not much. I think Oregon does bring some value. Having said that, I think Oregon is going to want a UT type of deal to come into the Big 12, and I'm, I don't want to go down that road again. Um, Washington, um, to me, they don't bring enough to warrant an invite. I personally would rather bring in, you know, the, the Arizona schools for sure I would want to bring in. Um, Colorado, Utah, I would rather bring them in than Oregon, uh, than Washington. Um but Colorado, Utah, to me, that would all depend on is there a substantial amount of money that you're going to get from networks if you bring them in. So that's going to be interesting to watch. You know, Brett Yormark has signaled multiple times that he wants to expand into the West Coast, into that Pacific time zone where you could, if you're the Big 12 Conference, you could have games on all day long you can accomplish that just with bringing in the two arizona schools um and so you would get yourself to 14 at that point uh, but that that's going to be warrant uh worth watching to see what happens I, I think bottom line though the narrative about the pac-12 being better off than the big 12 that really just should go away um you know that that conference they're a dead conference walking i think and you know you're you've got 
of the of the ten teams left, they're all hoping to find a lifeboat to get themselves into a better position. And you know, SMU. I mean, SMU. You're in a more stable situation in the AAC than you would be if you go off to the Pac-12, and the same with the, uh, San Diego State and the Mountain West. And I would I would really be interested, and I don't know the answer to this. Do you truly, honestly, get more money going to the Pac-12 at this point than you would make in a Mountain West or AAC? I don't I don't know. Is it really worth it? I don't. That, that's that'd be a question to answer, but. Um, you know the conference realignment stuff; it'll bubble back up as we get into summer, and should be interesting to see what happens. So let's end uh, this segment. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl. Super Bowl Fifty Seven is tomorrow. Chiefs and Eagles. I think it's going to be a great game. Here's what. Here's my my take. Um, the Eagles obviously been very impressive all season long. However. You dig deep into their schedule. Who have they really played? Um, you look at, first of all, they played the NFC East. And yeah, I know the Giants, the Cowboys made the playoffs. But again, I think that was the product of the NFC was down this year. And those Giants and Cowboys, they all, just like the Eagles, got to play the AFC South, which was a horrible division. And then you dig a little bit deeper. I mean, the Eagles played... I mean, their probably last good team they played was the Lions, who didn't even make the playoffs. And so in the playoffs, the Eagles get to go through a Giants team that wasn't very good. They went through a 49ers team that was down to their fourth-string quarterback. How good are the Eagles? Now, I think they're very talented and probably certainly are the best team in the NFC, but what does that really say this year? Where... You go and look at the AFC and Kansas City, obviously, they had to play Tennessee and Buffalo and Cincinnati in the regular season. They had, I mean, the AFC West, yeah, I know the Broncos and Raiders are a dumpster fire, but you had two games against the Chargers. Um, you know, they had to play a really pretty solid Jacksonville team. And then you had to you had to play and beat Cincinnati in the AFC Championship game, who you've struggled to beat and who they were all full of themselves. And so I think certainly you can pretty much clearly state Kansas City faced the harder road in the playoffs and even in the regular season, so they're more battle-tested. Philadelphia obviously has the better record, and Philadelphia has looked better in the playoffs, but again, how much of that's a mirage? So I'm I'm leaning towards the Chiefs in this game, and I th- I think I think the Chiefs can get it done. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, you know, Philadelphia is a good team, but I, I really truly think that the battle testedness that the Chiefs have been able to go through, um, not only in the playoffs but in this regular season, is going to give them a little bit of an edge. So. Should be a fun Super Bowl. Hopefully we have good commercials this year. Halftime show. I mean, Rihanna, I don't, I couldn't even tell you a Rihanna uh, song. But Chris Stapleton is doing the Star Spangled Banner, so I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, but it should be a fun one. It's Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is always fun, you know. So we're going to go ahead and take a break, and then when we come back, it'll be time for the 
Chris Carpenter. Tip of the week. And welcome back to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. It is now time for the Chris Carpenter Tip of the Week. And my tip of the week does deal with Super Bowl parties. Don't be a glutton at your Super Bowl party because you will pay for it on a Monday. So pace yourself at your Super Bowl party. Um, have a plan after your Super Bowl party because probably most of us have to go into work on Monday. I do, <laughs> certainly. Um, but don't be a glutton and have a plan for your Super Bowl party. So hope everybody has a great week. We are going to come back next Saturday for another another edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. And, you know, I always appreciate my listeners. Continue to listening. Um, I love doing this podcast, even if no one's listening, but I hope people are listening. Anyway, but I hope everybody has a great week. We've got two great uh, basketball games coming up. And Friday, we got baseball starting. Gonzaga, future Big 12 opponent, <laughs> uh, coming into town. And I think we're in for a very special baseball season. So things are rocking and rolling. And to all the haters out there, I feel I sound like Chris Beard. To all the haters out there, oh, Chris Beard, Fireside Chat. Um, no, but to all the people that want to continually bash Mark Adams, you can listen to my podcast as well, but you're going to get it from me. Have a good week.